Trish Gunby sent shockwaves throughout the Missouri legislative world by winning decisively in Missouri's 99th House District. And the Democrat from St. Louis County believes that her message resonated with a wide swath of voters. Gumby joins St. Louis Public Radio's Julio Donahue and Joe Manis next on the latest edition of Politically Speaking. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. It's a little complicated in Bolivar because there is a Parsons family there. But we also knew that it was important to make sure that, that we got to where we needed to go. You know if you walk in a room and you're getting ready to make a decision, and everybody in the room looks like you. You need to stop. And right now what happens in the United States Senate is as critical as anywhere else in the country. I really want the state to succeed. We want everybody to uh, know that we're all working together. I just worked hard to try to build my name where I didn't have the money. Hello, hello, and welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Julie O'Donohue, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Manis. And we are interviewing Trish Gunby, the representative-elect from which district? 99th. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, her victory is noteworthy because it used to be represented by a Republican. That is correct. Actually, it used to be considered a Republican district. And Mm -hmm. it's one of a handful where things may be changing. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking about. Great. Yes. So, representative-elect, can you tell us the boundaries of your district? Yes, it is. uh, The municipalities include Manchester, Twin Oaks, Valley Park. So it's about as far north as Parkway South Middle School, about as far south just beyond uh, Highway 44, as far east as Weidman and far west as Sulphur Springs, Baxter Road. Okay, great. And since this is your first time on the show, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from Missouri? Where did you grow up? And the key thing... Where'd you go to high school? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, I'm born in Dallas, so I'm a Texan, although I really consider myself a Midwestern. I moved here when I was 13. Actually, my folks moved into the 99th district, and I door knocked at the house I moved into. Uh, I then, they moved uh, out in Chesterfield, went to Parkway West High School, went to college in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the University of Tulsa, moved back here after I got married and moved into the district 25 years ago to raise my family. And when do you remember first uh, taking an interest in politics? I've always been interested in politics, probably from the time I was in, uh, I'd say, junior high. I ran for student government in junior high, in high school, in college, active in in all those kinds of things. Uh, Was president a few times on cabinets, that kind of stuff. Uh, Studied political science in in college along with advertising public relations and was doing volunteer work in the St. Louis region in a political sphere, sort of a realm, uh, prior to this opportunity. Was there anything particular that motivated you to run now? Well, when Gene Evans resigned, I had been doing uh, some social justice ministry work at my church, Manchester United Methodist, and was also doing voting rights work with the St. Louis Area Voter Coalition. And so when uh, that vacancy uh, happened, people reached out to me and said, I think you should run. You live in the district. You're doing the work. And I talked to my family and and decided that this was my next chapter. Now, as our listeners should know, Gene Evans uh, had been the state rep in that district and resigned to take a top post with the state Republican Party. Correct. Right. So it's a pretty big deal that your district went from Republican to Democrat 
in this seat because the person who held the seat is is kind of a bigwig in the GOP in some respects. Right. It had been trending blue uh, over the last couple of election cycles in 2018. Uh, Nicole Galloway and Claire McCaskill won the district. And so it was trending blue. Um, and I saw that as an opportunity to um, kind of go in with the work that I had been doing. And I felt like given the the diversity within the, dis- the district and what I was doing, that, that I could win it. And I did. Why do you think it was trending blue? Are there particular issues that you think were, were, are propelling that? Well, the district has changed over time, and uh, there are a lot of different communities represented. The largest minority is Asian, but we also have a mosque in the area. There's a a Hindu temple just outside the district. Uh, I noticed when I was in parades a number of biracial families, and so I think the message that I brought in terms of inclusion for a lot of those groups, I was also doing LGBTQ inclusion uh, for my, uh, my church, but then uh, gun violence, uh, those kinds of issues, Moms Demand Action had a chapter in, in the area. And so I think it was just kind of a perfect storm of people were ready for the message that I was bringing to them. When you were talking to people, was there any particular issues that were top of their agenda during the campaign? You know, early on, uh, people weren't even aware that there had been a resignation uh, or that there was a special election. In this district, people are not used to this sort of uh, effort to win a seat. You know, we went through the district five times. So we had to communicate, there's a special election, I'm the candidate, this is why you should vote for me. And so by the time we got to issues, uh, there was some discussion around uh, some of the craziness that happened at the end of the session uh, with the ban, the abortion ban, uh, and some attempts to undo Clean Missouri that had won uh, actually across the state. So people were kind of upset with what was going on there. uh, And then towards the end with some of the impeachment with, with President Trump, I heard a little bit about that. But uh, we just kind of reminded people that most of the uh, legislation that probably affects you is going to happen on a local or statewide level. So we tried to keep the focus on that, not necessarily what was happening nationally. I was going to ask, were you hearing more about national issues or, or state level issues when you were knocking doors and talking to people? I would stay more state level at the time. I mean, there were people who, who brought up the, just the fact that um, there is that big middle that uh, both my opponent and I were trying to, to win. I had people that told me they voted for President Obama and then they voted for President Trump. And now they were just unhappy with with the state of things. And so they were open more to a candidate that had good moral character and had ideas that that really resonated with them. It wasn't really party driven. So it was interesting to hear that, that there would be such a swing. But but I heard that from a number of people. Was health care on their agenda or was it other things like gun violence or whatever? I think more with gun violence. Uh, I heard more about that in terms of, uh, and one of the things I talked about was universal background checks, red flag laws, uh, things like that, that people were very open to hearing. So healthcare did come up occasionally, Medicaid expansion, which uh, I believe we should pass and, uh, and people are in favor of, but that didn't come up as much as I would say gun violence. When people were bringing up gun violence, what were they bringing up? Like, were they bringing up you know, some of the violence we see in, in the St. Louis area or mass shootings, you know, in malls and and suburban schools? Like, what types of problems were they concerned about? 
Well, it was a really, it was a, a tough summer here in St. Louis, I think, for all of us. All the children that were killed by gun violence, you can't, um, at least I can't, uh, unlearn all of that, knowing that even though we're 30 minutes away, it still affects all of us, and we should we should work to you know um, rid ourselves of that. But uh, so I heard some of that. I heard some of the the high you know the school shootings, that sort of thing. But a lot of things that I heard, you know, people are just not wanting their kids to do active shooter drills in school. I mean, those kinds of things. Uh, how you know, right now we don't know how that's going to impact. Um, developing brains and minds and and young people. And so the fact that those are the kind of exercises they're having to go through now. I talked to superintendents in Valley Park and Parkway, and, you know, uh, they talked about their school resource officers and what they're up against and, you know, the issue of assault weapons. Um, You know, so there's just so many layers to all of that. So that really resonated with people. They are not, uh, there needs to be something that needs to change. So have have you talked to any Republican legislators or leadership or anybody since since your election to kind of set the stage on what you're going to be doing when you get to Jeff City? Uh, I reached out to my opponent the night of the election, said I'd be happy to sit down and, and talk with her in terms of what she heard at the doors, what issues are important to her, I have not heard back. I did talk to... Uh, uh, some volunteers, representatives, um, Republican representatives, when I was working the polls, who indicated that should I win, they would be willing to sit down and, and talk with me. But up to now, nobody has reached out. Or do you think, okay, this is play, this is Machiavellian, just be, and I would say this of anybody, because you're going to have to be back on the ballot in a year, and you're going to be filing in February, are you, con- I mean, some Republicans, and this would be working in reverse as well might be talking to you to kind of see if there's issues that you push that they feel they can use against you in November. I mean, because there are fewer, if if I'm, if I'm my numbers are right, I mean, the, the Democrats are in such a minority in the House. I mean, the Republicans have a supermajority and can pretty much call the shots, and that includes how much influence or how much effectiveness you're going to have in the next year. You know, when I started running, I kept an issues folder. <laughs> And any time I thought that it was something that that I could lift up and whether that be a bill or however you make people know, you know, make people know about it. I kept that folder. I continue to keep that folder. There will be bills that come out of that. And uh, that's going to be up to um, the majority as to whether or not they want to move forward with those. So I will be communicating what bills that I wanted to push forward. And if those don't get moved, I will still communicate those. I'm hopeful that, that you know, I'm willing to sit down. I think there, there are some issues that we can work across the aisle, and I'm willing to do that. So, uh, but you got to get a seat at the table. And now I'm at the table. And I ran into this when I was doing LGBTQ inclusion at my church. I started out on my own, and I ended up at a table. And changes are happening within our church, and I'm not suggesting that for me personally for the whole denomination, but certainly within the state of Missouri. So I just feel like I'm a person who um, I recognize that I'm a minority, but um, I can still be a loud minority. So that's what I'm hoping to be. So you've brought up LGBTQ uh, issues like a couple times. Mm -hmm. Why is that so important to you? It seems like something you've been working on for a while. Uh, Well, first of all, I want to say I use she, her, hers pronouns. And if, if folks wonder what 
that means, I would suggest you Google it. I also have a number of friends who use they pronouns. And so I feel like there's an educational component to, to this. Um, people have asked me why I advocate for LGBTQ persons. You know, is there something within my own personal family or me personally? And it is not. I don't believe you have to be some a certain, you know, fill in the blank to advocate for fill in the blank. That, that community, I saw it as... Um, I think it's just being a good human being. One of my goals is to get the Missouri Non-Discrimination Act passed. Um, for 21 years, it has not been passed in the state of Missouri. I feel like it's holding us back um, in terms of economic development for corporations or individuals who want to move to a place that welcomes all, that affirms all persons. So um, when we're looking at economic development and we don't have a non-discrimination act based on sexual orientation or gender identity, that is an issue for me. Uh, in my own faith tradition, I'm a Methodist. Uh, that church will likely split next year over this issue. And so I just believe it's being a good human being. I don't see my view as being extreme. I don't see it as being liberal. I think we're all here. We want to be good people. And if you're LGBTQ, you should have the same rights that the rest of us do. I want to segue a little bit into what I heard a little bit about your victory. And, and we'll come back to this a bit. But um I was at the uh, your Republican challengers uh, election night party the night you won. And what a couple of Republicans told me at the party was they felt like you were too far to the left for the district, uh, like that they were not surprised a Democrat won. I think they were a little bit surprised a Democrat who was running on um, less of, I guess, a conservative Democrat Democrat platform one. So I kind of wanted to respond to that. Like you, you were, you were running on a, on a platform that address, you know, that addressed gun restrictions, LGBTQ rights. What I told folks is, um, I was doing work around these issues before this opportunity arose. And I was doing it as a private citizen. I, I went to advocacy days in the Capitol for promo. Uh, which is for LGBTQ inclusion. I went to advocacy days when Clean Missouri was under assault, and there was a chance that there might be a bill and an amendment that would take away uh, the nonpartisan map drawer. Uh, I was doing voting rights work, trying to make it easier for people to vote. Um, and in terms of a woman's right to choose, um, I've, all, I've been a supporter of Planned Parenthood and NARAL for years, personally. So I was doing all those things. I write letters to the editor. I show up at things. I was doing that. So when I decided to run, I knew people could Google, Google my name and find out what I was doing. And if I won on that in that regard, yay. <laughs> if I didn't win on that regard, okay, fine. I'll go back to doing what I was doing. But obviously what I stood for and what I stand for uh, meant something to folks. And I think people just were very short-sighted in believing uh, really the makeup of the district and what people are ready to hear. I cannot tell you how many people at the door said to me, thank goodness that you're running. I didn't know there were people out here that believed as you do. And I'm just glad you're running. So I think it's just an opportunity to, to take what I believe and, and take it to Jeff City. What role do you think, and this is something Julie and I have talked about a lot, um, that women or suburban women had in your victory? I mean, there's been a lot of talk I wrote a ton of stories a year ago about the potential impact the impact in uh, suburban St. Louis what that impact that had on some of the races in November even though at the top 
Mc, Claire McCaskill still lost. And we've seen um, there's been speculation that the narrow gubernatorial victories in Kentucky and Louisiana were fueled in part or largely by women, suburban women who are turned off. I mean, do you think that had any impact in your victory or do you think that's kind of overblown? Well, all I know is I had a bunch of women, period, show up to help me in this effort, to knock doors. Um, as I mentioned, the Moms Demand Action uh, has a chapter in the West County area. Uh, and I went to two of those meetings, and at both meetings, one was out in more the Ellisville area, one was, was in the Manchester area. Both of those meetings had over 100 people in attendance, and I'd say 80 to 90 percent of the people, it was their first meeting. So Suburban women are out in force, they aren't happy, they want to change, and they're excited about what I'm bringing to the table. Can you briefly so. explain what Moms, Moms Demand Action is? Yes, it's um, Moms Demand Action for Common Gun Sense. It's a, a group, and it's not just moms, uh, but started by moms. Do They do not advocate for taking away guns or the Second Amendment. It's more uh, common sense gun legis legislation that will help curb gun violence. So universal background checks, assault ban, assault ban weapons, uh, that those would go away, red flag laws for domestic violence, that sort of thing. So not against the Second Amendment, but there's a way we can do things better. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and we'll be back after this message with Representative-elect Trish Gumby. And we're back with Representative-elect Trish Gumby. Um, I kind of related to what Joe was asking, you know, your victory uh, really seemed to energize Democrats. They're very excited. They they uh, are all over social media saying that this is like a, a indicator of what's to come in Missouri politics. Uh, but you're you were still running a special election, and and I'll just say me personally, I'm I'm a little uh, skeptical of drawing big sweeping conclusions from special elections uh, because the turnout tends to be a little bit lower. Uh, what do you think? What do you think people should take away from your victory? Do you think it should be? Is it a sign that the Democrats are on the rise again in Missouri, or at least coming back from being in the super minority? Well, I hope it's a sign. I think, um, you know, in in the midterms in in twenty eighteen, uh, as I mentioned, Claire McCaskill and Nicole Galloway won the district handily. So I think for our district specifically, um, we were ready for there just hadn't been a Democratic candidate that that put himself or herself out there. So um, what that means in other districts, I think with the right candidate and with the right campaign, I think people are starting to tie uh, the issues that are important to them better to the candidate. I think, you know, in a state where uh, the right to work was defeated, medical marijuana got passed, uh, clean Missouri passed, we are passing issues that tend to be considered perhaps more progressive, uh, more democratic. And yet in some areas, we are electing people who do not believe in those issues that the collective citizenry uh, voted on. So the electorate is going to have to really start digging maybe a little deeper and trying to see if I believe in these issues, these ballot issues, like Medicaid expansion that will likely go on the ballot, um, do the people who are running for office believe in those things? And if they do not, you're going to need to not vote for those folks. So um, I just think this 2020 is going to require the electorate to do more work 
uh, to really try and look at all forms of media and to kind of come up with your own conclusion. You can't really decide based on one form of media, uh, this is what I believe, or one particular person or party. Um, you're going to have to do your homework more. Uh, Facebook ads, uh, robocalls, uh, negative mailers. You know, there were 20 pieces of mail from different groups that went out in, in my election. I personally... Against only, you? No, in total. Okay. I okay. personally sent out four. So the rest were uh, the Republican Party, my opponent. Uh, I had different groups that sent out mail on my behalf. So look at the paid for. That's who tells you who sends things out. And then once you know that, you need to determine what is the interest level, why is that group sending this information out, and then go on the candidate's website. Find out what that person believes. Contact them. I got phone calls. I had emails. Reach out to confirm or clarify things because you cannot believe every ad. You cannot believe every robocall. Um, it's going to require more work. Now, one of the things that's going to affect you as you run for a full term in a year, I mean, assuming you're going to be, I assume yes. you're going to be filing in February. Yes, already up and running right now, actually. Okay. <laughs> Not filed it. So, I mean, the next statewide election will also be a national presidential election, which means it's going to be nationalized whether you want it or not. And, of course, it's going to be Trump versus whoever and uh, on, on, the, on the Democratic side. And, of course, Galloway's running for uh, governor. She's currently the state auditor as far as the Democrats go. But, frankly, most of the rest of the Democratic ticket is either vacant or nobody knows who they are. So you yourself, as you're running, they, Republicans probably, I mean, because they're not stupid, they'll probably be trying to link you to everything that people above you on the Democratic ticket or whoever the Democratic nominee is um, advocating or not because they'll be trying to nationalize it thinking it will help them knock you off and and others so is there anything that you plan i mean i don't know how much you want to say but just kind of as you're looking ahead to having to run again i mean is this affecting how you're running you know getting money together getting your message out or do you think it's not going to have an impact well will my team and i will monitor kind of what's going on both statewide and nationally but um, you know, I feel like uh, you, you're always running, uh, whether it's in an official capacity or an unofficial capacity. So why I, I have not filed, I will file. And I'd said I would run whether I won or, lo or lost, but I, I'm obviously here now. So, um, But I'm, I consider myself running. I'm going to have a town hall uh, coming up uh, later this week. Uh, I'm going to have some other ones at the first of the year. I want to hear what people, uh, what's important to people. I want to share what we heard at the doors. We asked people what issues were important. Uh, so I want to share that information. I want to bring collectively the municipalities and the citizens in my district together to understand that um, what's happening in Valley Park still impacts maybe folks in Manchester. And and so I feel like you're always running and uh I'm just going to work hard. That's what I did when, when this started out. I tried to meet as many people as I could. I tried to uh, meet with as many groups. I met with uh, first responders. I met with faith communities. I met with citizens. I met with uh, small business owners. It, that's not going to change. I feel like once you're elected, you still have to keep doing that. So um, I'm just going to keep at it. I feel like you hit on a really good point in terms of when things are on the are going on the ballot in terms of a ballot initiative. Sometimes there are things that you would align with the Democratic Party. Specifically, 
knocking out right to work and I would say the minimum wage. Uh, so why do you think there's a disconnect between voting for Democrats, which people seem reluctant to do, and voting for some things that Democrats traditionally support? Like, is there a messaging problem that the Democratic Party has in Missouri? Or is it is there some way to, you know, connect the dots there? Well, I think um, we have some work to do. I think, you know, people, I, I joked about um, Jeff Foxworthy, who does that whole comedy skit about you may be a redneck. <laughs> and I said, you know, you might be a Democrat if you believe these things. And I think some folks, um, you know, say, I, I talked to a lot of independents who said I don't uh, vote along party lines. I vote more on the moral character of the, the candidate. Uh, but there, I think people are hesitant to make that party switch. You know, for me, I realized every time I went into a primary, I kept asking for the Democratic ballot because those views aligned with my own personal views. And so, you know, politics is, is evolving, and the parties as we know them are changing. And so, you know, it's okay. It's okay to, to switch a party affiliations and just decide that, you know, maybe the views of this particular party or this candidate align more with mine. And I think, you know, as our country changes, you know, by I think it's 2040-ish, you know, Persons of color, I mean, Caucasian persons will be the minority. And I, I'm, I'm not a reactive person. I'm a proactive person. I, I believe we need to start working to make our country the best it can be, knowing what's coming. We already know what's coming. How can we work collectively as good people to make it equitable for all? And so that's what I'm here to do, is to just say, Democrat or Republican, decide what you think is best for uh, both the district, the state, our country, and align yourself with candidates who speak to you. And that's what I think people in the 99th did for me. Is there anything that you plan to file right away? or? I Yeah, I get sworn in January 8th. I do get to pre-file bills. I was just at the Capitol Friday uh, meeting with different departments and these hardworking folks who um, sit underneath the, the House floor and literally do research and draft bills for people, because uh, I wondered who did that, because I thought, I can't write one of these bills. But um, I'm glad to know. A lot know of that, lobbyists write yeah, the bills, yeah, too. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, one of the things I was working on prior to this uh, was voting rights. And so I'd love to see no excuse absentee voting. I'd love to see automatic voter registration. Uh, there are states that, you know, that touch Missouri that already have that. Uh, I'd love to see uh, the DMV, while those offices are private, expand their hours. Uh, the fact that there aren't evening hours and some weekend hours makes no sense to me. Uh, so a lot of things around voting rights, that was the work that I was doing prior to this. Okay. Well, great. Joe stole my question. That's what I was going <laughs> to I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm semi-retired, so when I get it, I tend to go crazy. Uh, I do have one last question for you. You know, as we tape this, we're coming off um, nationally, like some some good news for Democrats. They won the governorship in Kentucky. They won the governorship in Louisiana, my former home state. Um, and I was wondering if you think your election should be sort of grouped in with those in terms of good news for Democrats, or do you see it separately from sort of the wave I think that Democrats hope they're seeing? 
I mean, I, I, I think I'm a, a piece of it, maybe a small piece. I know that there was some national attention um, in this race, which I, you know, I was excited about. I realized that this race was the bright, shiny object or the shiny object for Missouri because it was one of the seats that possibly could flip. I'm not, uh, I realize that next year I'm going to be low on the totem pole and I'm fine with that. Um, but I think people just need to realize, you know, if you're thinking about running, you really don't have to change who you are. I feel like I've been very authentic about who I am, what I believe. And I think that resonated with people. Uh, and so I would suggest, you know, if you're somebody out there who's thought about doing this, um, I would take the plunge. I mean, I think we just need um, good people who who build a good team around them and are, are excited. People keep asking me, are you tired? I'm not tired. I'm invigorated. I mean, all I can think about, literally, I have piles at home. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how can I take all those piles and bring them to Jeff City and make differences, you know, and they turn into bills and I meet with constituents and, and get other people excited about this as a, um, as a profession because uh, I don't want people to think that they don't want to run for office because of the state of politics. That is a very sad thing to think about in our country. We should have the best people running for offices. And uh, if we don't, uh, we need to change that. And I'm hopefully part of the change. Okay. Um, well, we're wrapping up. Uh, I'm asking this of all people who come on the show who are elected representatives or elected officials of any court sort. Um, can you name a few things that you would recommend people do or see in your district? Okay. I saw so many cool things. Um, I would first suggest people head to Young's in Valley Park. They have... What is that? It's a restaurant. It's been there for ages. Uh, they uh, have wonderful fried chicken and ice cream. So you can't go wrong with that. Uh, I would suggest uh, moving into the Manchester area. There's a lot of history with the old city hall. They're actually going to hold some events uh, in the second floor of that, which used to be sort of a little auditorium. Um, there are a lot of uh, neat faith communities that would be willing to give you tours just because of the um, the buildings. A lot of our, I know my church is almost going to be 200 years old. So uh, the Hindu temple, or the Hindu temples just outside the district, but the mosque that's in the district, they have open houses and very welcoming in terms of learning about that faith tradition, sharing a meal with people. Uh, and so, uh, and Twin Oaks is a little village that's in between the two. And they've got a great park nestled behind a church there. And so I would just invite people to, to check that out as well. But it's a great, I've loved living there, um, loved meeting the people, and would just encourage folks to visit us when they can. All right. Thanks so much. Um, if you want to find stories that I write or Joe writes, you can go to stlpublicradio.org. Uh, Representative-elect, where can we find you on the Internet? I'm on Facebook. Uh, Trish for Missouri or Trish for Mo, and I'm also on Twitter, Trish for Mo. Uh, you can also go to trishgunby.com and just find out more about me personally and about the race. We've kind of updated that with some news articles, that sort of thing. So um, eventually, I will have a Missouri House Gov uh, presence. I don't have that yet, so that's coming. Okay, and you can find me on Twitter at J.S. O'Donohue. Joe, where can you, we find you? You can find me on Twitter at J. Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. Thanks so much for listening. 